Simple Life Together, Episode 30. You can't buy time, and where do I begin? Hi, and welcome to Simple Life Together, a podcast dedicated to leading a simpler life in the modern world. I'm Dan Hayes. And I'm Vanessa Hayes. Welcome back to Simple Life Together. On the last episode, we talked about the whole backstory of how we started our journey and announced our new About Us video for the website. On today's show, Dan is going to talk habits, routines, rituals, and rhythms, and I'm going to talk about beginning with the end in mind. And we'd also like to remind you that if you have any questions or comments, you can always reach us at dan at simplelifetogether.com, vanessa at simplelifetogether.com, or on Twitter and all the other social media stuff. You'll find that over on the website. (laughs) So um, I also wanted to kind of just remind you about the Google Drive tutorial, and thanks to all of those who've uh, taken the time and purchased that and downloaded it. We've had individuals and businesses download it so far. So yeah, good stuff. So if you're interested in Google Drive, once again, this tutorial is about an hour long and uh, just over an hour long actually and focuses on all the fundamentals of Google Drive for creating, sharing, and storing your documents using Google's free full-fledged Office Suite. And it's yours for $7.99 until the 30th of June, and it'll go back up to full price. Yeah, so you can save a few bucks and have immediate access by going to simplelifetogether.com slash Google Drive for all the details. Plus, if you're not completely satisfied, we'll give you your money back, so no clutter and no risk. Very Easy simple. as that, mm-hmm. yep. So, uh, all right, I think you're actually I, up today first. I okay? think I am yeah. going to go first today. So today I wanted to talk about um, habits, routines, rituals, and rhythms. And I wanted to start off kind of with this. As much as some people and products and things would have you believe otherwise, you cannot buy time. <laughs> so you might think you can, but you just can't. It's just the way it is. It's time. Right. So um, it's probably the most, I guess, democratized <laughs> asset that we have. As we live our lives, doesn't matter how rich you are or how poor you are. Regardless, we all get about the same, well, exactly the same amount of time. (laughs) You get 24 hours in a day, 168 hours in a week, 365 days a year, and so on. So it doesn't matter if you're the wealthiest person in the world, none of your wealth can buy you one more minute, not even one more second of time. That is just the way it is. Sure, there are ways to pay others to do things that you don't want to do, and we all do that every day. Mm-hmm. We buy our vegetables already picked, or our meats already butchered, and you know our food, some foods prepared. And all that does allow us time to do other things, that's true. But that time is always filled with something else. And that's mm-hmm. kind of where I want to focus today, um, how we choose to structure our time. And we certainly structure how we spend our money, but... Often we leave out how we structure our time and we just kind of leave it to chance. Mm -hmm. And so today I kind of want to share some of my my own definitions about time and how I'm trying to be a bit more careful with how I spend and structure my time. And just in case you're considering this for yourself. So I'll put a few things out there for you to think about. And if you're looking at being a bit more mindful of your time as you simplify, then, you know, maybe you can use some of these things that I'm using. And I'll be, I'm going to put this disclaimer out there first. You know, these are things that are, that I'm trying and are working for me. So everybody's different and what works for you works for you. So I'm just going to put that out there. And if these help, great. If not, 
then, hey, go about your business, all right? So uh, <laughs> since you can't really buy any more time, like I said, we should allocate how we spend the time that we do have. That only makes sense. It's kind of like your budget. And as we go through this, I'm going to define some terms that I set up for myself as a framework. And again, these are my definitions, so they're not set in stone. And you could certainly opt to define them more stringently or more loosely or however you want. It's your time, your world, right? That's right. So I'm just going to kind of tell you what I do and see if it works. So I'm going to go through my definitions first, and then I'm going to break it down just a little bit because, you know, it helps to understand the terms Mm -hmm. as I see them. So the first term is habit. And I think a habit's a simple task that have become almost completely automatic. So, I mean, do you really think about how you brush your teeth in the morning or in the evening? Probably not. You just Mm kind of go through it automatically. And we all have tasks that are like that. But there was a time when you did have to think about it, right? Sure, when you're learning it, right? Yeah, when when your mom or dad first let you brush your own teeth. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember I was probably like 16, 17. You know, no, I'm just kidding. But, but, uh, but we're still teaching a 15 year old. Yeah, no. Constant reminder. Well, he's got, <laughs> he's got braces. He's good. Uh, had braces. He's anyway. Um, so you remember mom or dad had to show you how to brush your teeth, you know, how to, how to make sure you got all the different spots and all that stuff. And then I don't know about where you went to school, but we had like a dental hygienist come in uh-huh. once a year when we were little kids, like for a couple of years in a row, I think. And, uh, she would give us these little red pills. I remember that, them. Remember the little yeah. red pills? Uh-huh. Yeah. You chew, like, if you haven't heard of those before, the the thing is you brush your teeth and then you chew these little red pills and it, it's like a food coloring pill. And what it does is it, it adheres to all the spots that you missed in your teeth. Uh-huh. And so then you'd look at it and see all the spots you missed and then you'd brush it back out. So Is it highlight kind of like the plaque and stuff? The, like the plaque and the, just, you know, just, just the crud you, yeah. you, that are left, all the Lovely. cavity creeps. <laughs> <laughs> cavity creeps mining in your teeth, oh, nice. you know, so, um, so it kind of shows you where all those things are. So you don't go through life with yuck mouth, you know? <laughs> so it, and essentially what that did is it measured your effectiveness at the task, but eventually that, that habit became, or that task became automatic. And that's at the point where it's a habit when it yeah. kind of becomes automatic. Right. And there's lots of things that we do out of habit and we'll get back to habits in just a minute, and all of the definitions in just a little bit. But the next one I want to talk about is routine. Ooh. So like a habit, a routine is also automatic, but often a system of many habits. So if brushing your teeth is a habit, the things that you do to kind of get ready for life in the morning or in the evening are probably a routine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a typical morning hygiene uh, routine might consist of showering, brushing and flossing your teeth, doing your hair. Put on your makeup. Putting up, exactly, right. exactly. So when I was in the military at the unit level, when we were in the field, we also had routines. We called them routines in defense. You remember that, don't you? I, I actually there? was in that circle. I uh, you were in that? Okay. So, and that was our routine. It was scheduled when weapons were cleaned, mm-hmm. you know, you know, and all clean them at the same time because that's usually bad if the bad guys come. So, like, <laughs> yeah, don't like, want all the weapons down. <laughs> right. So, you know, you take to, there's a certain way that you, you time who cleans weapons mm-hmm. and so forth. And that was part of the routines in defense. Uh, camouflage was replaced on your fighting positions. Communications were checked. Batteries were replaced placed, you know, ammo was taken out. Basically, the routine just make, made sure all the things were done. Mm-hmm. And it was a routine that everybody did, everybody knew of, and it happened automatically. Established expectations and all that stuff I've talked about in the past about routine right. with your kids, yep. family, and yourself, and all that good stuff. So, yeah. So, the next one I want to define before we get into it too far is a ritual. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, again, this is all me here. So, what I call that is a mindful act or actions 
that have an overarching benefit. I think of a ritual as much like a routine, but something you're more mindful and appreciative of where you derive some benefit or satisfaction by doing it. And in my opinion, the ritual is the sweet spot. (laughs) You know, it's something that needs to be done that you enjoy and are better for doing. Hmm. So my goal is to see what routines I can convert into rituals. And some of my personal examples are things, rituals for me, making coffee used to be a routine when we had a, a drip coffee maker and merely a habit when we had the Keurig. Remember we had the, the Keurig, the yeah, automatic the one cups, cup? Yeah, Well, and I'll get into my coffee routine a little later, but with the AeroPress, the one that I talked about a few episodes ago, uh-huh. man, I love this thing. Oh, and it's awesome. really, it has become a ritual. And I am going to... Like you wake up like, you know, looking forward to it. I do. I do. I'm into Is it. it and be I, just as good as it was yesterday? <laughs> cup by cup? Yeah. Well, I'm going to actually break that down. And it's going to sound a little crazy, but I'm going to break it down in a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so another thing is, for over 20 years, I spent an hour a night ironing my uniform and spit shining my boots. And... Others may kind of consider that like a dreaded task. Yeah, I did. I outsourced that. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. It, it, well, yeah, it, and that's what a lot of people do. They they so they dread it. They outsource it, so they take their uniforms to the dry cleaner. They go to the boot shine guy to get their boots shined. And yeah, well, I chose to ritualize it. And ironing was my time. It was where in that hour there, I would um, I would get in the zone and kind of evaluate the whole day's events and contemplate the events for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just my time. And, and I loved it. And it was my ritual. And while I don't spend an hour a night anymore, guess who still does the ironing in the house? Ooh, he does. I That's sure do. Like, so, Babe, can you please help me? Yeah, could you iron my shorts? <laughs> and I'm like, heck yeah, I'll iron your shorts. Yeah, he so, never complains uh, at all. Yeah. Thank and you, uh, you, you want to see a happy guy? Give me something pleated. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You want to make this man happy? Give me a nice pleated skirt. I'm all over it. <laughs> All right. Now I get it. There's a skirt that he's like, it's a really nice uh, dress skirt. And yeah. I'm like, it's, it's it's okay. And he's like, no, I love that I one. Love I'm that. like, I don't I don't, I don't know. Get you it. know, and I never really put those two together. But I do. It is a that is skirt. a challenge to meet up to iron all those pleats. And it would give me time. It would probably take me to do it, or, you know, the way I would like to do it. Uh-huh. Get in the zone. It would take me a little while. That's cool. But I would do it. I'm, You know what? I'm going kilt shopping. <laughs> that's maybe maybe that's my new, that's my new office wear. So, sexy time. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So, I, okay, so that's rituals. And I'm going to break it down here in a little bit. But the next one I want to define. Wait, but so, so rituals is just something that you. It's a routine that it has to be done, but you're more mindful of it and you derive a benefit from it. So you just kind of get in the zone. All okay. right. So that's like my fitness, I would yeah. say. So, like when I run, that's a, that's that to a ritual. Me it's my, my workout. Um, yeah, you can call it a routine and everything, but when I actually go out and physically run outside, to me, it's just this ritual where I've, I've got all the steps of getting my, you know, my music ready and all this yep. stuff, all all the gear, and then I get out there and I just zone out, and yep. it's just, oh, I love it. Yeah, I love it. A lot of people don't like running and working out, and they do it because they have to, and of course, I do because I have to, but I also want to, and I love it. That's just my that's my ritual. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Tracking. Yeah, much more. It's a, it's like this. This it's much better than a routine. In my opinion. Okay. Remember, this is just the world according to Dan here. All right? (laughs) So, um, you know, you probably have lots of family rituals. 
that you practice at holiday time or other special times, like how you celebrate birthdays or traditional meals at certain occasions. So those are all the things that kind of roll into a ritual. Okay, I get it. And and I'm trying to just put it together too, you know, um, to understand your thought processes. And the ritual too is, you know, as far as like family rituals during holidays, it makes us better because you're just a lot more connected, I think. That's it. You, You enjoy it. You're in the moment. And that's why I think... look forward to doing it, you know? Right. Okay, we got to make the pies like we do every Thanksgiving, and it's just... Exactly. That's why I call it the sweet spot, because it's stuff that has to be done for for the routine. But if you... But if you're into it and it means something and you, you derive a, an, an, there's some intrinsic benefit in doing it okay. that, I like it. you know, it's like cleaning the house. That can be a routine. Um, but if you don't enjoy it, then it's just a routine. Yeah. But if you, if you derive some intrinsic benefit from it, I okay. think it's more, I would put that in the ritual category and you think about it as you're going through. Okay. All right. So the next one I want to talk about is rhythms. And I totally made up this definition, and it may be really more of an explanation than a definition. But <laughs> I think of rhythms as a sequence of events that are repetitive. Uh, of course, they're often seasonal in nature, too. So mm-hmm. in, the, in military combat units, we have what we call the battle rhythm. And that was to help provide some predictability to an often unpredictable environment. So uh, the battle rhythm tells headquarters staffs when meetings are, when reports are due, when actions happen, etc. And it provides some stability at the macro level. It's a lot like a routine in defense you know, which identified tasks for a smaller unit. Well, this is the battle rhythm for a much larger, larger unit, and it happens kind, you know, continuously. And in everyday life, we often look to the to seasons to provide us rhythms. So, as I mentioned, holidays kind of serve as milestones for the rhythm. As do you know, it depends on what you what how you measure your year or your season. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the obvious that are kind of given to us, like spring, summer, winter, and fall. But there are other holiday seasons, depending on your either religious holidays or secular holidays and so forth. So all of those things serve as milestones for our rhythm. For some people, it's sporting seasons. Hey, football season is coming um, yeah. up. For some, it's baseball <laughs> season. You know, For people who like to plant things, not necessarily just farmers, yeah. but... You like to do, you know, yeah, landscape stuff. Yeah, stuff. planning mm-hmm. seasons. Hey, it's time to it's time to start the whatever. It's time to uh, you got to fertilize. Fertilize, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So Winterize, all that good stuff. Yeah, hunters like hunting season. You know, for, mm-hmm. uh, farmers have gathering season and sowing season, and so all these rhythms are often hosts to many rituals. So those are the seasons of our life. You know, even your life long has a season. You have your child, you know, exactly. So I think we tend to enjoy the the rituals in our lives. And it's pretty natural to think it's uh, that the rhythms of these different seasons bring comfort to most people because it's it's a known. All right. Mm -hmm. So so that's another way to kind of measure time. Those are kind of my basic definitions, all right, for uh, habits, routines, rituals, and rhythms. What I want to do is kind of talk a little bit more about each one of these, all right? So let's go back down the list. Uh, The first off is is habits, all right? What I'm trying to do is think about what habits that I've formed, and then think about when was the last time I actually evaluated whether they were positive or negative. You know, like when you're going through trying to change an eating habit— you kind of go through 
you look at it and say, well, what am I doing? Do I, I get that, I get that stimulus to have something. Do I reach for a Snickers bar or do I reach yeah. for a carrot? You know, yeah, are you eating too much or are you just eating too much of the wrong thing? Right. Or are you, every time you get up to go to the bathroom at work, are you walking by the vending machine or right. something? It's, yeah. What is that habit that you've created? Okay. What yeah. are the different stimuli that make me yeah. react the way I do? So it's just a matter triggers, of kind of yeah. thing, triggers. Mm-hmm. Exactly. What are the things that make me think about that and do that? I'm also thinking about what habits could you eliminate and when was the last time you looked at your habits and asked yourselves why you do them. Mm. And then sometimes it's just a habit and it may have been something that you just picked up or it may have been something that, you know, you kind of were taught or learned along the way. And it reminded me of a story. Have you ever another story? Another story. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And this is not an original story. But I remember hearing this when I was a kid. Um, I think it was fourth grade, Mrs. Duffy, who was awesome. I think she's the one who told the story about uh, habits and why you do oh, things. Okay. And uh, it's called the pot roast story. Have you ever heard of it? No. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell the story. So one day, a woman was preparing a pot roast for Sunday dinner. Just as she always did, she unwrapped the pot roast and cut off the ends. Her husband asked her, so why do you always cut the ends off that perfectly good pot roast? The wife said, I don't know. That's just how my mom did it. The husband called his mother-in-law and asked her why she cut the ends off the pot roast. And the mother-in-law replied, well, I don't know. Uh, That's how my mother always did it. So determined to get to the bottom of the story, the husband called the wife's grandmother and asked, Grandma, why on earth do my wife and your daughter always cut the ends off of a perfectly good roast? And Grandma responded, why, I have no idea. The husband said, well, Grandma, they said they learned that from you. To which Grandma replied, well, I only cut the ends off because my pan wasn't big enough. (laughs) So, you know, somewhere along the line, people, you do things to improvise or adapt or overcome. I know that sounds kind of like a military cliche, (laughs) but, uh, um, you know, you do things. And then when somebody else watches you do them, Mm -hmm. they... They emulate those things, and and if they don't ask why, if they don't question why at all, yeah. like I was just talking about earlier, then they just kind of assume that that is the way, right? You can kind of use that little story next time you're kind of evaluating your habits, mm-hmm. and or any of these, actually, to see if what you're doing is really valid. It's a good yeah. thing to be introspective and question kind of what you do and why, right? That's just a little story, but... That's how habits form sometimes. That's all there is to it. So taking a little bit of time to look at what we do and how we can do it better, it would be time well spent. So continuing on just a little bit with habits, and again, a lot of these can be applied elsewhere. What habits can you form? So if if we just looked at the habits that you have and evaluated them and why, well, what are new habits that you want to form? And there are many opinions out there about forming new habits. Mm-hmm. It takes it takes seven times or twenty three days. Yeah, twenty one what days I, or whatever. And honestly, yeah. I think it's all conjecture. I, I don't think I think we're all yeah. different. Yeah. And uh, and and it, it takes us varying times and and varying intensities and so forth. Varying <laughs> so, motivations. Yeah. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> I just tell myself that if it's worth doing, I'm going to give it a month. All right. Like eating paleo. I said, well, I'll do it for a month. Yeah, yeah. And then a month and then a month goes by. Well, okay. I'll do it for two months. Yeah. If it's really worth doing, it's worth doing it for a month. I would think for me anyway. So some things are just, are just, uh, you know, you can apply a general rule mm-hmm. like in the old job, you know, anybody we're shooting is we're shooting twice, you know? <laughs> so, so but anything we're trying is worth trying for 30 days. So, <laughs> So Jeez. the other thing that, uh, that I try to do and would probably recommend, too, is not try to do too many changes at once. 
Definitely. Right? So that's a lot about habits. Now, let me talk a little bit about routines. When you think about a routine, do you think, when somebody says the word routine, do you think positive or negative? I think positive. You do. Some, and some people say it's, but if you put it in a, I guess it's a matter of context. Yeah. Somebody says, our marriage has become routine. Well, Is that, that positive? Yeah, might, yeah, that may come across as negative. Right. Like it's not, <laughs> so, yeah, it's just. The it's excitement's not, gone. Yeah, the excitement's right. gone. It's not spontaneous. Right. Or, this, or if something is routine, then it's not creative enough or right. it's not flowy enough or whatever. Right. So, so, okay. so I think we can determine that it can be both. Sure. Right. Okay. But it's typically what you make it. And so ask yourself, are your routines effective? Do they get the job done? Are your routines efficient? Are you doing them in the optimal way? Mm-hmm. So there's always you, you, yeah. typically some room. I don't want to say always, but typically some room for improvement there. Yeah, because a routine can be effective. I mean, you could do right. something one way, but if it's taking you 20 hours and, and there's another way it can be right. more effective. Right, it's not very efficient. Yeah, not, <laughs> right. yeah, exactly. So, And there are ways to get proficient at new habits mm-hmm. and routines. Not rituals. All right. You don't want to be, that is, that is a, it's your time. That's your time. And you got to do that how you want to do that. Right. But habits and routines, you can definitely get more proficient. And I would consider, and, and if you're trying to help somebody else out too, mm-hmm. to, to do these things, um, there are ways. So I would consider remembering the laws of learning. And we've talked about these on yes. previous shows, but I just want to bring them up again here as a reminder. So the first one is the three laws that I'm going to cover. And there, there are more, and it depends on where you read. But these are three that, that stick with us a lot. The first one is the law of primacy. When you learn something the first time and you, and you buy into it and agree with it, that is the, in your mind, that is the way. Mm-hmm. And, and if somebody else comes along that says something counter to that, not only are they teaching you something that may be different from what you learned, but they're also at some level challenging your buy-in. buy-in yeah. So that law of primacy is very, very important. And if you're and if you're doing it yourself, remember to do it right the first time, the right way. And and if you're trying to retrain a habit, then you have to remember that you are trying to overcome that law of primacy. So if if you let your kids get to the point where every time they're bored, they turn on the TV and they think that's okay and that's that's normal now. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you say, "Nope, you can't no more you can't do TV." Yeah, it's hard to break. And it they'll they'll first yeah. of all think it's punishment and they'll mm-hmm. and they'll be questioning, "Well, I've always been able to. What what's different now? Right. I can watch TV." Yeah. And so you have to you have yeah, to work hard. Yeah, yeah, you got to work hard at that. Or if somebody tells you something, uh, let's go back to the kind of the pot roast story. You know, when you're teaching somebody about making the pot roast, okay, well, first you got to cut the ends off. Okay, that's how you learned it. If you didn't question it at that point, that's how you learned it. That's the law of primacy. And then the next person comes along and says, you don't have to cut the ends off. Well, yeah, I do. My mom did. My grandmother did. Yeah. They're not They're not stupid. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. So so now you have to overcome mm-hmm. that law of primacy. So the second one is the law of recency, mm-hmm. which, you know, common sense would dictate that if it's a some type of task, the... Um, that can diminish over time. It's a perishable skill that it can diminish over time. So the the more recent you've done something, the more easy, the easier it is for you to do it again. And the more often you do it, it ties into the next one, which is the law of repetition. Yeah, they kind of go hand in hand. Right. Like that's that. like why. That's why football players do drills. That's why pilots do 
checklist. That, that's why, you know, when grunts out in the field, we do immediate action drills. Mm-hmm. It's so that you can react. It, so it's, it's, you repeat it so many times that it becomes instinctive. Right. All right. And now, now that said, you can recall back that you, that's why you wouldn't want this as part of a ritual. That would not make a ritual fun. So, <laughs> so some of the keys to doing that and helping people with new habits and routines is to make it fun or make it a contest. Yeah. We used to do this with troops all the time. Disassemble and reassemble and function check an M4 carbine in under two minutes. And then you take it to the next level. Now you got to do it while it's under a minute and then while you're blindfolded. And you just keep yeah. going over it and over it and over it again. And so the, and the three portions that are there are important. To not just a not just a weapon, but something else. You had to disassemble it, so you had to take it apart. You had to be able to reassemble it. All right, so mm-hmm. put it back together, and then function check it. Make sure it works. Make sure it works. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, it's a really cool looking club. Yeah. Right. So, and those are things that you know. If those are all parts of the task, you got to make sure that if it's part of the contest, you make all of the things part of the contest. Otherwise, instinctively, going back to the law of primacy and repetition, then. Otherwise, they'll only learn part of the task, mm-hmm. all right? Mm-hmm. We saw this with, there was a time, I'm taking you back to the military days, but there was a time when when you were on the pistol range shooting for qualification, the timing, the timer used to end and you used to take the, the, the magazine out of the, out of the pistol and then put it back in your, back in the magazine pouch. Well, they were finding and shoot and shoot scenarios where it actually happened. They're finding dead officers with empty magazines in their, in their magazine pouch, because that's, that's how they were told. It became instinctive instead of just letting it drop on the ground and doing a reload. They were taking the time that split second it took to put it back. And so, and that's, was a fatal flaw. So that's how that was a mistake in that process. Drop. Right. So, Teach, how, teach kids how to clean up with a race against either um, each other, you know, or a right. stopwatch. Or a stopwatch, right. right. And make it fun. Make it a game. A and, you, and they can't just do it fast. Remember, the objective is not just to do it fast. It's to, it's to be effective and efficient. That's right. So going through that. We do it with fitness all the time. We use stopwatches. We measure ourselves against distance or how many songs am I going to run for or whatever. So, and I found that this technique doesn't work with rituals at all, like I was saying. Yeah. <laughs> Rituals are more personal, are mindful, and the rewards are intrinsic. That said, let's move on to my absolute favorite. All right. Rituals. Turning rituals, or excuse me, turning routines into rituals is something I'm, that I'm personally trying to work harder at because it's more, it makes life for me more enjoyable. I think though that it's easier to do this when um, you've freed up some time. All right. Not bought more time because you can't, but you freed up some time because a rushed ritual is really a routine. Mm -hmm. As you simplify your life and you're able to be more deliberate with your time, look for routines or tasks, even individual tasks within a routine that you like or enjoy and try to build a ritual around that. Mm -hmm. All right. And that's what I'm trying to do for myself. And I'll admit this seems a little touchy feely to me or did seem a little touchy feely at first. I'm not naturally like tuned into the universe, you know, type of guy. Um, so at least that's not how I spent most of my life. I've been a kind of a complete demission guy. So it's a transition for me. And, and that's why I'm talking about it and why I'm sharing it, because chances are there's probably a lot of folks that yeah. are the, in the same boat as me. So I found some great candidates for rituals are things that you have a hard time rushing through and still doing a good job. Hmm, okay. All right. Like ironing clothes right. to make them actually look good because more creases is not always better, right? <laughs> so uh, I'm going to go back and talk about a couple of things that I've made rituals for me. 
Uh, one is shaving. For a lot of guys, rushing a, a shave job is like, you know, kind of nuzzling with a chainsaw. You know, you just not something that you want to do, and the result is kind of ugly. So why rush it? And I, I used to shave every day, so I often did rush it. It was part of the morning routine, and, and I'd have to, you know, shave because I had to go to work. And now I take my time, and I enjoy the experience when I do shave, yeah. right? And um, I am even have considered lots of different times going back to the old school method and using uh, the safety razor or a straight razor and a shaving mug and a brush. I mentioned this not too right. long ago. Uh-huh. I had my grandfather's shaving mug yeah, in, in, the, in the, the hallway bathroom, yeah. and I think it would be pretty cool to give that a shot. But for now, I've just decided to stick with my disposables. And, and <laughs> it's funny because I use maybe... What four a year, five yeah, a year? So yeah, but um, it's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, but maybe someday I will make yeah. make shaving more of a ritual, yeah. and well, I, I do ritualize it the way I do it now. I used to rush it; I've just slowed it down, and I've learned to enjoy it a yeah, little bit. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that too. Sometimes I'll disappear, and when we're just kind of having a, a lazy weekend morning or whatever, and then I'll I'll be gone for about you know forty five minutes or so, and Dan's like, "What are you doing back there?" I was like, "Grooming." He's like grooming, and it's usually where I'm giving myself a manicure or pedicure, and just kind of taking my time, taking care of me. And yeah. it's just, and I enjoy it. I'm like, I finally get to just, because I can kind of just relax, and I'm getting my fingernails and my toenails all pretty, <laughs> getting, and them, getting them did, <laughs> defunkified, <Yeah>. whatever. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I'm just, I'm just back there grooming, making yeah. myself pretty, whatever. But I like it. That's kind of like my little ritual. Yeah. And, and, and that's cool. and that's cool. And the other one I talked about earlier was my, my coffee making, oh, right? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I've already mentioned that. So as you know, I'm hooked on the AeroPress because in my opinion, it makes the best, the best mm-hmm. tasting, mm-hmm. low acid, no silk pressed coffee that I have ever had. Yeah. But the ritual part comes in because of how I like my coffee. Making a perfect cup of coffee at home for me is great. Uh, that's not to say I'm a coffee snob. I'll drink coffee from anywhere, even like Starbucks or something. Sure. But, but if I'm at home and I'm going to make it, I want to make it my way just like you do with your own food, right? Mm -hmm. I like my coffee between 180 and 185 degrees. Mm -hmm. So at home, I microwave it for a known length of time. Now, since I like it like that, I found this special stainless steel coffee pot for my camping coffee. Mm -hmm. And I tracked down uh, from a a beer brewer's website, a homebrew website, a weldless brewer's thermometer. So I I bored a hole in my pot threaded the thermometer in so I can get the water to the perfect temperature and it should be blossoming, not boiling. All right. <laughs> I didn't even know blossoming was a term, but it's that when you start seeing these tiny little bubbles that are forming. I had around, no idea either. Yeah, well, now you know. Well, thanks. Yeah. See, this is why it's a ritual for me. <laughs> so I hand measure the but coffee. But nobody wants it boiling. You've had that at a, you know, you've had this super hot coffee that just burns your tongue and everything. You well, yeah, but I mean, if you look at most systems, and what they do, especially like a percolator, they have to boil it so it raises up through the, tu- the yeah. tube and percolates down over the grounds, right? Yeah, right. So most people have it way too hot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and what that does, it makes the coffee bitter. And yeah. I don't like it like that. And it makes it acidic. So I hand measure the coffee and I place it in the AeroPress. And then I fill the AeroPress only to a certain point with my blossomed water. <laughs> and, and, so pretty. And I vigorously stir this to a count of 10. All right? Not nine. Nope. Not 11, 10. I do 15. Ugh, you're a wild woman. I am. <laughs> so, and, and then I wet the AeroPress plunger rubber ring and I insert it in the AeroPress and then I press the AeroPress plunger down, feeling resistance as I do. I don't rush it. No. I don't force it down. No. I simply maintain pressure. God. 
about three quarters of an inch from the bottom, you hear the coffee start to aerate and it goes exactly and that makes the crema that forms on the top of the coffee and once the plunger bottoms out i keep that aeropress straight up and down you know so it's perpendicular to the lid uh, the lip of the mug mm-hmm. and then i scrape the remaining foaming crema from the bottom of yeah, the aeropress as i pull it off yeah i and do that too yeah and uh, clean up is part of the ritual so i take the press over to the trash i unscrew the aerating cap pop the coffee ground puck out Rinse the Whoop. press, <laughs> the cap. Yeah, it just pops out. Yep, you know? cool. <laughs> and uh, little sunshine girl loves to do that too. She likes to help on that part, so I let her into my ritual a little bit because I'm because I'm cool like that. You are cool, Papa. So I rinse the press, rinse the cap, and the measuring spoon under the tap. Now that's the ritual. And if that it doesn't sound simple, I know, but it for me it is. It's something that can be simple and still have multiple steps, you know? It's like right. a lot of things. But to me, that's my ritual. Well, I tell you what, if you are not inspired to go out and get an AeroPress, I mean, <laughs> you're crazy. Go 25 bucks. That. We'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah, 25 bucks. It is awesome. I mean, a lot. some people aren't coffee drinkers, but man, I just it's made the difference to me. You see that? Yeah, that crema. But best of all for me, sometimes just being present and doing something for yourself lets you enjoy the simple things in life. So finally, my second favorite is rhythms. Uh, I love the rhythm of the seasons and the natural ability to mark time by rhythm. And when I was a kid, I loved the summertime as all kids do. But my favorite season was the fall. Uh, I especially loved being in the woods in the fall. And hunting season was Mm -hmm. just really an excuse for me to be in the woods with my older brother-in-law or my best buddy growing up, Matt. And here in San Antonio, we have a rhythm of celebrations throughout the year that we measure time by, like rodeo and fiesta. and Floating on the river. Yeah, us floating on the river, yep. That's huge and, uh, for us. I don't know if we've ever mentioned that. But, uh, yeah. But, yeah. You can check it out on our About Us video on our website. Yeah. So you can learn to identify and enjoy the rhythms of your life too, and they'll be marked by tradition and give you a sense of anticipation throughout the year. So as you simplify, really take a hard look at how you spend those 168 hours a week or those 365 days a year, but don't forget to be more present for those minutes and hours and days as well. And remember all those times in your life when you want a time to pass more quickly, like on school days or through semesters, or when you're a kid, I can't wait till Christmas is here, or whatever <laughs> holiday you celebrate right. and birthdays. Well, at the end of your life, you'll be doing just the opposite, waiting, you know, geez, I wish it would slow down. And I've always joked that life is like a toilet paper roll. Seems like a lot at first, but it sure seems to run out fast towards the end, right? <laughs> right. So... <laughs> Find one routine that you can maybe try to make into a ritual and give it 30 days. And I found that one month is long enough and short enough to give most things a try. Well, you know, Dan, you tried this with me. I think you recommended this and, um, you know, about cleaning the house. It used to be a ritual and then it became a chore. And then I, he kept saying, well, but you, you kept dropping these hints like, but at least it gives you time to relax. Doesn't it, doesn't it just take, (laughs) I tried it for 30 days. Was it working? We hired a housekeeper again. <laughs> so I tried. I tried. Yeah. You did. You did. But but actually, you know what's a ritual for me? What? I'm sorry, we're I'm digressing here. It made me think about it. it was um Dan will when we have to sleep off the patio on the deck in the back, Dan's like, I'll get the I'll get the, the blower out the here. Leaf and I'm blower, like, yeah. No, I sweep it. I I that's my ritual. I like wow. to sweep the deck. It takes me about five, maybe ten minutes at the most, but that is my ritual. I love yeah. doing it. It's a weird thing, but yeah, and anyway. that's like I like to do floors. I like to sweep in the kitchen and then 
And vacuum doesn't bother me a bit. We are so good together. <laughs> oh, good balance. Sorry. So, <laughs> so like I said earlier, you know, I'm not a big believer in you have to do something X number of times for it to become a habit. Mm-hmm. If that works for you, great. Yeah. But for me, I usually just say, give it a month. If it's worth doing, a month is, isn't so long. And in the end, you'll know. So quit trying to make time for things because you can't make anymore. You have to find it in the time you already have. And I want to leave you with this. Most people mistakenly believe that they will have more free time in the future than they have now. And if you think about that, a lot of times you do think, well, I'll do that, I'll do that later when I have more time. Mm-hmm. But they'll think they'll have more time to play, more time to organize, more time to work out or to read. And honestly, it's just not the case. No. It doesn't happen that way. If you think about it, almost every invention in the history of mankind that's marketed to us today or has ever has been is something that was supposed to save us time. Well, how's that worked out for you so far? <laughs> it hasn't. Yeah. That time just got shifted to something else. And, and who shifted it there? I did. And you did. Mm-hmm. So it's my life and it's your life. And as we already established, you can't buy more time. Not even one second. So let's shift it back to where it makes us happier and where it makes our lives a little bit simpler. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And you know what? I think there's some good points there. It's, you know, by shifting your mindset, mindset of uh, I'm not going to have more time, you're just... It's all about being more deliberate. Yeah. And that's kind of what we are all about. This whole journey on simplifying is that you've got to live your life kind of on purpose. And yeah. That's, so it forces you to, like you were saying, reevaluate those habits and routines and things that you're doing and either let go of some old ones and establish new ones that are in line with your priorities in life. So That's right. Awesome. Cool. So that's my stuff. What do you got online for okay, us? Okay. Well, I have a, a slightly shorter topic, um, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about, let me just start with this. Have you ever wondered why your dreams seem like, well, just dreams and never quite become reality? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or um, how about this? How you felt like you, you're running around in circles, but never being able to complete a project because you can't seem to get clarification on what the heck your boss wants. Yep. <laughs> or or maybe you felt like you've been working so hard doing the right things and trying to navigate through your life one day at a time, but without any real clarity on where you're going. Oh, yeah. I don't know about you, Dan, but I know that I've felt this many times before um, and for many years, really. But actually, over the past couple of years, I've learned to really embrace a way of seeking clarity of my goals and projects by doing just one thing. And that's by beginning with the end in mind or the end state. And I know it's shocking. <laughs> I know. It? I know. Yeah. It's so shocking because we've probably discussed it, you know, a On dozen times. Yeah, <laughs> a dozen exactly. times or so. But it's so important. It is. And many of you are probably really familiar with it anyway, with Stephen Covey, who really popularized this concept in his book, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, where he talks about beginning with the end in mind. And it's not a new earth-shattering concept, I know. Heck, even Lewis Carroll, um, the author of Alice in Wonderland, said, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. That's right. <laughs> Pretty wow. brilliant, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure most of us have exercised or have been exposed to this way of thinking, but maybe didn't know it because it, it can actually be kind of loosely disguised as other terms like goal setting, mm-hmm. uh, commander's intent. We use that in the military. Yeah, all the time. mission statement, objective, um, even words like envisioning or visualizing. Those are just some examples. And the thing is, all these things in some way have you kind of looking forward and ahead at where you need or want to go. Right. So let me kind of describe this to you specifically using Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And I pulled this from StephenCovey.com. Begin with the end of mind, which is habit number two. And I'm going to quote here. It's the idea that all things are created twice. There is a mental first creation and a physical second creation. The physical creation follows the mental much like a building follows a, a blueprint. Yeah. If you don't make a conscious effort to visualize who you are and what you want in life, 
then you empower other people and circumstance to shape you and your life by default. Wow. Yep. I think it's kind of ironic you had that as number two. Uh, right should be number one (laughs) well he goes on to say one of the best ways to incorporate habit two into your life is to develop a personal mission statement it focuses on what you want to be and do it is your plan for success it reaffirms who you are put your goals in focus and moves your ideas into the real world your mission statement makes you the leader of your own life you create your own destiny and secure the future you envision now i don't know about you but i think that's a pretty powerful statement um enough to make me want to take this concept or habit pretty seriously yeah you know and other folks have adopted this concept in other ways as well you've heard us talk about michael hyatt right dan right yeah. who has a great blog and his tagline i guess is intentional leadership and he hits on this concept um, when he talks about creating a life plan Basically, by looking at the end or how you want your life to look, you can live a life on purpose, which I just kind of alluded to, and be proactive instead of reactive. And honestly, um, his basic life plan, as well as Dan Miller's 48 Days to the Work You Love, um, were really kind of inspirational for Dan and I, creating our life pillars, right. you know, the five pillars, and, um, and getting us to focus on shaping the life that we want and part of what we have already. Now. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, I agree. It's um, Those things have really given us uh, milestones to me- measure where we are. Just better focus. Yep. Just way better focus yep. uh, on what our priorities are. So, But this concept is also useful in other areas outside of your personal sphere. I mean, even project managers live by this concept. Um, I found this other excerpt online that I want to share. To succeed in a project, you must mentally start at the finish and work backward. Hmm. Yeah. Sound familiar too? Yeah, we do backwards planning all the time. All the time. Um, the clearer you are about the end result of your project, even though it may change, the more effectively you can plan the best way to achieve it. And I love this example. Ever worked on a jigsaw puzzle? You've got a thousand pieces to the puzzle, all the necessary resources to complete the project. How do you begin? Well, by looking at the cover of the puzzle box and studying the picture of what the pieces will look like once they are assembled, that's right? That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's re- it's like... Duh. (laughs) So, and companies and business owners um, should and do have a vested interest in using this concept. Um, Now, I want want to read this to you too. I'm doing a lot of quoting from stuff I research, but uh, ReliablePlant.com wrote, designing for sustainability requires that you heed the thinking of Stephen Covey and begin with the end in mind. To reduce costs associated with energy consumption and waste generation, companies must maximize their investment using life cycle assessment management methodologies. Huh? LCAM is the basis for making sound decisions from conceptual design through the disposal of any asset type and is measured based on long-term impact on your business. It examines the shortest time to market for a capital improvement project while delivering the lowest total cost of ownership to, in order to maximize returns. So blah, 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 blah. Wow, they need to simplify their... Seriously. Their <laughs> but the key term in there was, you know, you got to start... Th- with the end state, that conceptual design, companies recognize this because they know it will save them time, effort, and most of all, money right. on their end, which is their prime um, motivator. And the end state is key to a professional organizer like me, um, especially during the assessment phase of a project. The beauty about beginning with the end in mind is that it's so easy to re- it's so easy to just think about. And remember, if you, right. it's not yep. a difficult concept, once you just think about it and start adopting it is easy. But um, I've mentioned Peter Walsh. He's a professional organizer, a pretty popular guy. He's written It's All Too Much, and he's also on Oprah's network. And he wrote this, the most common mistake people make is starting with the stuff. Just moving the stuff around into different rooms and new plastic bins doesn't solve the problem. The key to getting and staying organized is to look beyond the stuff and imagine the life you could be living. It's about how you see your life before all else. Imagine the life you want to live. And that's the big picture. 
That's the big picture approach, which is which is great. But I, and even you can use it for just, you know, one project at a time or like I do, I use it space by space with my clients. And some of the common questions that I ask, the routine questions that I ask are, how do you want this space to function? How do you want this space to look? How do you want to feel in this space? And what do you think is preventing you from achieving those things? So what I'm saying here is this, by asking those questions, especially when you ask where you want to go and what do you want this to look like, when you start asking those questions and when I start asking those questions with my clients, then together we're better able to look around us and identify the things that aren't working and adopt new habits or bring in new systems and products to achieve those goals. Okay, yeah. So I guess working with somebody who... If they call you and and want to hire you, yeah. it's probably because they have a difficult time conceptualizing all of that themselves. And if you just go there and ask them, well, how you want it to look in the end, they probably would get the answer. Well, I don't know. That's mm-hmm. why I hired you. Little, so yeah. so then you take them through each one of these, mm-hmm. and all of these are small bites that they can yeah. that they can digest and, and answer, but the big picture of the end state, they weren't getting that. Yeah, and, and a lot of times what happens is they get, they actually hit like a roadblock. They were, there's yeah. just so much going on and then they, they're trying to do all these little Band-Aid fixes too. Right. So, you know, like Peter Walsh was saying is that they're, they're just managing the stuff. Right. But they're not looking at the big picture in the long run, right. you know. So I've got clients that are, they're collecting all these, all their kids' paperwork, every single piece of paper that they bring home. They're just doing it out of habit. Right. <laughs> or, yeah. And, and then they just do it and until they hit this wall because now they have all this stuff. What do I do with and it? And it doesn't meet their end yeah. goal. Yeah. So what's your end goal? What's your yeah. end state? And so that's kind of how I start doing things. And if I get if I get stuck on a project, and you can do this yourself. If you get stuck on something, you have to go. You have to stop and ask yourself, well, what is the end state? What is the end goal? And usually you can find the answers and work backwards from there. Yeah. So speaking of goals, you know, beginning with the end is an excellent way for you to establish your goals. You know, because by having clarity on where you want to go, it'll help you define. So with goals, you got they're got to be specific, measurable, attainable, and relevant. And I think once you figure out if you have the end state, you can achieve all those goals and set some set up some of those milestones. Right. So, so you can see how beginning with the end of mind is so useful. It's great for creating short term and long term goals. It's great for managing simple projects as well as multifaceted ones. It helps you better define specific tasks in a project. It can also give you clarity, balance, and peace of mind, especially when developing your life plan. Yeah, it allows you to see what's working. And what's not working at home or at work, and it can help save you time, energy, and even money instead of aimlessly wandering around trying to figure things out. It can help you at work in both supervisor and subordinate roles, again, to gain clarity and purpose without wasting time and effort. I mean, you know, the next time you're struggling at work with a task that your boss gave you, try asking her for some clarification. Ask her what her vision or end state is. It'll, at the very least, get her thinking about it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and it'll help you get the job done at the same time, make you look pretty darn smart, right? That's you right. know, because you're pushing, like, well, what's the end state? And let's work this. Let's work backwards. Let's start, you know, coming up with a more solid plan. Yeah, so, that's good advice. So, so where do you start? You can start anywhere with this concept. Just start today at work or with yourself. Think about how you want your career to look, your home life education, fitness, your home space, or even office space. And, you know, what do you want those spaces to look like or those areas of your life to look at? What's that end state, that end goal? And just envision it and work back from there. So like I said before, the best thing about this is that it's so easy. Eventually, you'll find yourself using the strategy in practically everything you do. I know I do. And even in our communication. Yeah. When, you know, Dan and I will be talking and sometimes we're, we're working towards something and then we have to stop and say, okay, well, what do you, what, what is your plan for this? 
why are we doing this? You know, sometimes we get confused on what each other's goals are. So we have to kind of come together and collaborate and go, oh, well, let's let's create that end state. Let's envision it together. Right. Yeah. So, well, good stuff. So that's my topic. Pretty once, simple. Once to again. The point. And we, sometime we might want to hit, uh, do a show on, um, I mean, you're talking about the end state and we talked about, we mentioned backwards planning. We may have to do a little segment on that because yeah. I know we've both done a lot of backwards planning. So Yeah, it's good stuff. I, yeah practically live by it so it's good stuff okay, okay so, so time for the thing segment the thing huh segment. well i'm gonna let you roll you're on a roll oh geez. Well, come yeah. on you're on a roll <laughs> so why don't you take it away well i just i have one thing and it's that we closed on our land Yay. finally we saw the money deposit into our account yesterday and i was like finally it's 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 finalized so after <laughs> two months of this process and some you know a lot of praying and just kind of just trying to stay calm and patient with the whole thing, it um, it came through. Yeah. And so what's what's important about this or what's significant for Dan and I is that now we're able to move on to a new phase in our lives and achieving those goals that we just talked about, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, and the things that we have envisioned in our, you know, using our life plan and concentrating on our five pillars, we're able to kind of move forward on those things now. Yes. And so, I, you know, my I guess my thing is, there's a little bit of a takeaway for the listeners out there is that really this stuff works. I mean, if you really take time to figure out what your life plan is, what your priorities are and how you want your life to look, you can work towards it. And Dan and I started this, you know, this journey together and here we are. And I'm really excited. It's, it's, um, you know, as you look at different things along the timeline of your life plan and so forth, this is a, this is an event. So you have, you have events and experiences and all that. This is an event that serves to enable Lots of other follow-on yeah. things in the life plan. By letting go of so, that. Yeah. So like when we were doing mission planning yeah. for the military, you uh-huh. say, okay, on certain things happen to have, have to happen on a schedule. Well, sometimes that schedule, is, sometimes it's time-driven and sometimes it's event-driven. Yeah. So you, know, you might say, okay, you have to move out no later than 1,200 hours. Yeah. All right? That's time-driven. Well, if, if it's event-driven, it's like you must move out as soon as the unit that currently occupies yeah. it moves yeah. out. Well, this is an event. We are on an event-driven portion of our life plan, and this event enables other things to now happen in the life plan. Which it's is enable nice. a lot of other things to happen. Yeah, and I which am is good. So excited about it. So anyway, that's good my stuff. thing. What's your yeah. thing? Okay, my thing is, uh, and I've talked about this before, but playlists in YouTube. And the reason I'm bringing it back up is because I find myself spending more and more time using them as a resource. And I share a few playlists that I've curated on. Um, if you go to simplelifetogether.com, you look at the curated content tab, um, there's just a couple of sh- short playlists that I that I put up on there that you can watch. But I wanted to give you a few tips for finding and sharing playlists with others who might be interested in the same topic you are. So if you're in YouTube, in the search bar, type the subject you're looking for, followed by the word playlist. So let's say I'm looking for videos about tiny houses. Funny how I bring that up. <laughs> you know, I just type in tiny houses playlist. The search results come up with all the findings of tiny house playlists. And some of these playlists have two or three videos in them. Some of them have 50. To play, I just click on the playlist title or on the video, and it will automatically start playing. And you can set it to automatically play back-to-back each one of these videos if you want to. But if you want to share the playlist, this is where it gets a little bit weird. There's got to be a simpler way, but I just haven't found it yet. But what I do is, in the search results with all the lists... Click on the playlist title or the picture, as I already mentioned, just like you were going to view it. And when the first video opens, click again on the name of the playlist. Not the name of the video, but the name of the playlist. That opens a homepage for that playlist and enables you to share it or embed it on your site. 
So it's a little convoluted how to get there. Yeah. And if you know a better way, please let me know. But I, I think that playlists are just now getting a lot of traction. Yeah. But uh, this way gets the job done. But that's my thing. That's cool. So I think it's time for feedback. Yeah, we so. promised last week that yep. we would do that. So we're going to do that today. So we... You know, we've gotten some great feedback on iTunes, and we'd like to say thanks to all of you. Thank you so much for taking the time. It really helps the show, and it lets us know what's on your mind, too. So here are a few that we've gotten recently. Okay. Great information for a happy life by The Couple's Guide. The real story of how a couple has managed to scale back and obtain happiness. Their tips and experiences are the key to finding a balanced life. Daniel is the tech person who teaches in a way that is so understandable, and he is so eager to help. Vedna says organizational skills lead to a non-chaotic life. Their example of how to work and have fun will give you the motivation to get started. Very, very nice. Yeah. And the next one is Good Ideas from a Real Couple by Mossclaw from ThunderClan. <laughs> Dan and Vanessa are not professional speakers, but that can be a good thing. They are real people, or excuse me, they are a real couple who is working on living a more simple life. I knew a lot about organizing and simplifying, but not so much about the technology side that Dan discusses. So I have learned many things and enjoy hearing about their family. I'm also participating in the Edit and Forget It Challenge this year. Awesome. Thank you very much. Okay, another one. The title is Useful Information in a Fun Format by Spin558. I love the chemistry between Dan and Vanessa. Sometimes with married couples, it turns into an episode of The Bickersons. <laughs> That's <laughs> Not funny. so with Dan and Vanessa. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. And the other one is, uh, it's titled Summer of Simplifying by RJ underscore 1974, <laughs> um, which is when I was born. This is a really informative, entertaining podcast. This podcast is my launching pad for my Summer of Simplification. Thanks, Dan and Vanessa. Oh, you're so awesome. welcome. Love That's it. very, very cool. And this one is from Lourdes Wellhaven. Great and actionable information. I love all the great and actionable information on this podcast. Who knew about 1Password? Mm-hmm. What a great find. I also love the energy between Dan and Vanessa. They're fun and play off one another so well, while each giving the other space to talk. Great show all the way around. Well, Thanks, thank you, Lourdes. Lourdes. That's awesome. And you know, I just wanted to mention here, since Lourdes brings it up, I talked about 1Password before, mm-hmm. uh, just a couple episodes ago. The uh, new app, the new, um, I think it's 4.0 or 4. Point something, is out, and it's half price. Oh, good. So for Windows and for Mac and for iOS. So you can look in the Mac App Store, the uh, iOS App Store, or if you just go to, I think we have a link on the site to, uh, if you're a Microsoft user and want to use it on your desktop there, half off. That's awesome. That That's a great good. deal. So the next one is Simply Good Info on Living Simply by Bohan. I've enjoyed listening and learning from two people committed enough to living simply to put this podcast out each week. Mm -hmm. A professional-sounding podcast isn't easy to pull off, but Dan and Vanessa do a great job of sharing what they know. Thanks for taking the time that you put into this each week. Well, you're very welcome. Thank you. It's the high point of our week is when we get to record. Editing, not so much. But I'm trying real hard to make it a ritual. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay. Mish 007 said, Inspiring. I absolutely enjoy listening to this podcast. It not only gives me tips and ideas for organizing, but also motivates me to dig in and start the steps to simplifying and organizing my life. I finally tackled the giant stack of papers in my office. Oh, that's I've, good stuff. That is good. That is that feels so good. And Renee Janae, fantastic podcast full of practical information is what she writes. I love this podcast. It is full of practical and helpful information that has already helped me recover sanity to my inbox and get my day organized. <laughs> Thanks to Dan and Vanessa, I feel in control and just getting started on significant changes to recover balance to my life. That is very nice. Thank you. 
And you got one more, right? Yes, one more. Great help and useful tips. This one is from Liz Lauterbach. I just started listening as a recommended podcast from my husband and really enjoy listening, as well as the information they provide I am finding to be very helpful. Well, you're very welcome. That's awesome. We enjoy it. Okay, so that's it for episode 30 of Simple Life Together. On today's show, Dan talked about ways to categorize and maximize your time, and I talked about beginning with the end in mind. And my thing was YouTube playlists, and Vanessa's thing was finally selling our land and being able to start off on a whole new leg of our journey. That's right. So don't forget, you can find all the links and info from today's show at simplelifetogether.com slash zero three zero. Head over to simplelifetogether.com where you can sign up for the edit and forget it challenge over in the left column of the site. Also check out the Google Drive tutorial. Just click the new tutorials tab on the top of the page. I've watched every minute of the tutorial myself, and believe me, it's a great intro to a very cool and free suite of programs that'll save you tons of time. Of course, you can connect with us on Twitter. I'm at Daniel Hayes, and Vanessa is at Get Simplified. We have links to our Twitter and Google Plus profiles on the website. So let us know what you think of the show and how you're simplifying your life, too. We'd love to hear from you. Actually, that's, that's one of the best parts of the week is when we, Absolutely. we get that feedback and just letting know, people know how they're simplifying things and passing on great ideas to us, too. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> so, until awesome. ne- yeah. so until next time, we hope you enjoy your simple life together. Simple life together.